This is uh, doing crime. That is Cat over there. And I'm here with Amelie, who wants to remind you to take a moment to relax the tension in your neck and shoulders. I had someone tell me that today, and I did not realize how tense I was walking around. I looked like Mrs. Trunchbolt from fucking <laughs> Matilda. You said that it was something important. It, that is important. Hold on, let me take it. Oh, you know what? You're right. Just take a mm. moment for yourself. Just. Oh, I do that a lot. Just. Like, I'll be driving, and I do that number where I, like, try to crack my neck, and. I think people think I'm falling asleep at the wheel. I pretend to fall asleep at the wheel to freak other drivers out. I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Did you see that video of the um, the 18-wheeler that had its, like, trailer bed up and, like, the people were speeding up behind it, like, trying to get his attention, but he wasn't paying attention? And the trailer bed was up and it, like, crashed into one of those, like, overhead signs and, like, fucked everything up. Uh, yeah, someone on Facebook was like, they should have tried harder. And I wanted to be like, they were like honk, laying on their horn and like waving frantically <laughs> and pointing towards the sign. Yeah. And she was like, they could have opened the window and hung out the window and like really tried. And, and really risked their lives. And I, I wanted to be like, I'm not risking my life for anyone. No, my kids Well, no, maybe. I'm, yeah, my kids and like, you know, the community but not a negligent <laughs> truck driver. <laughs> Although, anyway, um, we're talking about not murderers today. Well, actually, kind of. Well, it's it's a palate cleanser today. It is a palate cleanser. I hope you guys enjoy these because I need them for reprieve the nightmares to stop. The <laughs> night need, sweating has. I got need to these stop. so I stop screaming in the corner. <laughs> And my kids are afraid of me. <laughs> um, like, Amelie, why are your kids so neurotic? And I just start screaming in her face. Amelie <laughs> <Amelie laughs> bought, bought her kids some fidget spinners today. And I was like, what, are they anxious? And she was like, she was like, what, you, you think they are because they live with me. They live with me. They, they live with poor, me. Poor souls. Nora's just running around just like, constantly spinning the fuck out of those things <laughs> i think those are like the poor man's version of a sit and spin they're great though they are great they're so i would prefer to spin my body around and get like kid fucked up oh yeah you know like oh, yeah. where you like hold your breath and you spin around in circles as a kid my, it makes you feel a little fucked up my in-laws bought my son a trampoline well it's really both of my kids a trampoline but he'll just sit on that bitch and just like fucking jump just, like, really get into the zone like he's not even smiling anymore. He's just <laughs> jumping. And I'm like, this is his meth. Yeah, dude. This is his heroin. Absolutely. Which I'm fine with. Uh, yeah, of course. However, you know what? You do your fucked up. True life. I'll I'm addicted to jumped up. up. I mean, I mean <laughs> a true life, I'm addicted to jumping. I am clearly not. Anyway, okay, so we are talking about... Profiling, profiling, today. and not the way that your not, racist grandma does it. No, no, no. How actually, the, I didn't even think about that until we just said it. <laughs> We're not talking about like racial profiling, although race does kind of. But like how FBI profilers, mm -hmm. like how do that makes it okay? How do they make profiles? 
How does it happen? How do they know that the murderer is a woman hater who still lives with his mom and has a small penis complex? Yeah. How do they know that? I don't know. That one seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, okay, so hopefully we did different research today. I, I actually like I skimmed did. through mine. What? I know. I know. I'm I like, we need to be more professional. I need to read through these other people's writings before I read them. I hand wrote mine, so I didn't have a choice. Oh, well, technology, you know? Yeah, you're like, you're living in... I when, printed it from my phone. You're living in like 1984, and I'm living in 16... Brave New World? 1642. Oh, okay. We're not talking... Okay. So... What is Brave New World? <laughs> Brave New World is a dystopian novel. That's kind of like ah. 1984, but like I think the better version. I mean, not. I like both books equally. Okay, let's not get into literature. Yeah, suck it, George Orwell or whomever wrote that book. He did. Awesome. I'm Good smart. Job. I know a lot of things. You do. You're super smart. Okay. Ah! Why don't you start and uh, lay some fucking deep knowledge on me? Okay, guys. So we... As we always do, we switched up who does the facts and who does the the fun, like, cases. Uh, don't um, say fun. You're setting me up for failure. It's the fun stuff. You know, like, I, know I got all the wordy bullshit. Um, but, uh, so, this is basically, I couldn't find a, um, I was looking for you know, like, exactly uh, what go, what a profile burp what a profiler looks for when making a profile but i couldn't find that um because we're not in the fbi yes (laughs) however i'm going to submit you an application as you know i don't think i'm allowed i'm not do you have to be naturally born here no really you just have to be a citizen we'll get into that because i okay the requirements for the fbi um so but i did find um the phases that profilers go through when making a profile is it like Um, denial grief um (laughs) anger depression um acceptance gambling that's not (laughs) what is that uh bargaining bargaining (laughs) not gambling but they may gamble they probably do. I would. Um, so the first phase... <laughs> I may not win. I may not win, but I know that when you were four, all of your Hot Wheels were taken away by your older brother and flushed down the drain. <laughs> He's like, no. That never happened. I just like putting quarters into slots. <laughs> okay, anyway, go ahead. So the first phase is the assimilation phase, which is uh, all information in regard to the crime scene, victim, and witnesses is examined. This may include photos of the crime scene, autopsy reports, victim profiles, police reports, and witness statements. So this is basically, they're, they're just gathering all the information available to them. Uh, and victim profiles is like how old the victim is, how tall they are. How old they are, where they were born, where they live, what color their hair is. Yeah, just the victim's background, um, and uh, that's the assimilation assimilation stage, which is stage number one, uh, or phase. I'm sorry. Uh, two is the <laughs> you're really stuck on this grieving thing. I'm. <laughs> 
You know, I've gone through some personal <laughs> loss here lately, uh, and I'm still in the gambling stage. I get it. <laughs> the gambling stage. <laughs> uh, two is the classification stage, which involves integrating the information collected into a framework which essentially classifies the murderer as organized or disorganized. That so, seems easy. Like, how rigorous is their training? Um, I mean, it's a lot of fucking... I go into that. It's okay. a lot of fucking steps just to get to the training. Okay. But an organized killer uh, is they... Blah, 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 blah. They leave post-it notes everywhere. They have so many uh, caboodles. <laughs> Do you remember those? Of course, the, dude. I had to, Why aren't those a thing anymore? I had a fuck ton of caboodles. Me too, dude. That like all of my things were in clear plastic boxes <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, so organized killers, uh, they have advanced social skills. They, oh god, my handwriting. Oh, they plan their, <laughs> they plan their crimes. They display control over the victims using social skills leave little evidence or clues, and often engage in sexual acts with the victim before or after the murder. So, Ted, Organize people, so fuck people. My, like, greatest, the, the, the best um, example I could come up with uh, for an organized killer would be Ted Bundy. Oh, Ted. He's always the fallback. Ah, Theodore. Wasn't his la- middle name, like, Roosevelt or something? Like, ah. Beauregard. Was it? No, I don't don't know. I fucking wish. (laughs) And a disorganized killer is going to be impulsive. They have few social skills. Murders are often opportunistic. And as crime scenes suggests, they're frenzied as well. A haphazard and lack of planning and lack of attempt to avoid detection. So I'm going to be an asshole right here. Isn't it haphazard? It's haphazard. Did I say? What did I say? I said haphazard. Oh, it's haphazard. Okay. Um, Sorry. But the best ex- the best example that comes to my head when it comes to a disorganized killer would be Richard Chase, the vampire yeah. of, of Sacramento. You love him. I love... He's so interesting. You love him. I love him. Don't love that he killed an 18-month-old. Oh, God. But I think he's just a really interesting case. But definitely disorganized. Yes. Um, the third... Uh, phase of profiling is the behavioral sequence which is an attempt to reconstruct the modus operandi I learned that it's modus operandi and not modus operandi from a white wine true crime because they did a whole episode shout out ladies Um, it's modus operandi um, well, now I feel like a dick for saying that wrong <laughs> all these years. Um, uh, which is the method of committing the crime. Profiles Profilers also examine the killer's signature, which is identifiable through the crime scene. You'd think it'd make it really easy if they just left their signature at every crime scene. Yeah. Theodore Bundy. Theodore Beauregard Bundy. But the signature is identifiable through the crime scene, and it's more... Uh, idiosyncratic or idiosyncratic, and it's idiosyncratic. Right? Yeah, Idi- mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry, making you question how you fucking. Well, those are like words that you don't say yeah. every day. I and like so those words like, that you read all the time, but yes. you never say out loud, and you're like, "Fuck, I've never said that." Word. And like you've heard them a couple of times, but you're like, "I think I know how to say this." Right. It's idiosyncratic. Um. Uh. The signature is more idiosyncratic mm. than the modus operandi. 
Um, the just I just want you to say it wrong. I hate that. I want it to be operandi. <laughs> the signature is what a killer does to satisfy his psychological needs. So, um, Ted Bundy fucked dead women. Yeah. Richard Chase drank their blood. That was their signature. That's a weird signature. Yeah. You'd think they just the write pen. scribbles like everybody else, assholes. And then uh, four is the making of the profile. So this regards. Wow, my handwriting's so bad. Oh, it regards family characteristics, uh, military background, education, personality characteristics, and oh my god, did I spell it wrong? I am such an asshole. I'm sitting here like to be fair, editing cats writing while I'm reading fair, over her shoulder. To be fair, I write while I'm looking at the computer screen, so I'm not looking at the paper. You just so, add letters. Yeah, I just write <laughs> shit wrong and it's okay. Scrunch it all up. You guys write into us and guess which word she misspelled. It's regards, <laughs> not characteristics, though. Okay. Um, background, education, personality, uh, it, it may suggest, it also may suggest what kind of interview the, uh, police should adopt when interviewing this person. So, um, like we talked about in our interview episode, if this person, uh, thinks that they're, uh, mean interrogation. Yeah. Interrogation. Sorry. Okay. No, it's um, okay. I was like, did this... we talk about interviews? When? No. Um, if this person is like a narcissist and thinks they're the smartest person in the world, um, maybe the police should take kind of like a... Uh, uh, Pat him on the back, tell him how great he is. Yeah, be like, be like, wow, you're so smart. Like, let them just like beef him up until they, they spill just the beans. Like that Dr. McDonald guy from Fatal Vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how they treated that motherfucker. <laughs> we never talked about him on here. I know, but that's because I'm not going to talk about it, but let's go. Continue. Am I doing all of mine or oh, are no. you? Do you want me to go into something? Yeah, talk about something. Okay. <laughs> all this I morning did... I had a piece of toast. <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> Phase two, bitch. This all right. <laughs> um. All I did was, because at first I was like, I'm going to look up cases, like famous cases that were solved using profiling. Mm-hmm. That was unfruitful. <laughs> um, so I was like texting with Blake and I'm like, I'm, I need to do research still and I haven't found anything. Then he sends me this page and I'm like, damn it. Although, to be fair, it is the same page, but I just got a different idea. So I was like, oh, I'll just do the noted profilers. I- <laughs> I love how he tries to like. <laughs> I love how he's like, I got this, babe, and, and like he does though. like sends you like the answers all the way from business. Yeah, like all the way from business, all the way from that business forest. I have the worst indigestion ever. She ate Mexican mm. food. It's so good though. Did you eat beans? Mm-hmm. Ew, they were refried. <laughs> I hate beans. I love them. Okay, anyway. So, noted profilers. Uh, Robert D. Keppel. He was born in 44. What? <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I just had this image of you, like, eating, like, 
so many beans, like, but your teeth were, like, really big and, like, scraped the spoon, and the beans were, like, no, we haven't been refreshed. Never mind. (laughs) I do have big teeth. (laughs) Your teeth, your teeth are a good sized for your head. (laughs) Your teeth are nicely proportioned. Thank you. Sorry. I'm a little goofy today. I don't, it's nice, though, because you can't see my gums when I smile at all. Just See, teeth. My top lip does that like white girl thing where it like curls all the way under when I smile. Mine does that too. All you can see are gums. You don't have a gummy smile. It's okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if Robert David Keppel did. I think he Segway? I th- oh my Segway? Yeah. <laughs> Segway right off of a cliff. That's, that's on his bio. Very gummy smile. <laughs> um he's a retired American law enforcement <laughs> officer. And detective best known for his work investigating serial killers Ted Bundy and Gary Ridgway. Gary Ridgway was the Green, Green River, River killer. killer. And we all know who Ted Bundy is because we talk about him on every single episode. We have a poster of him. We do. Above our beds. It's disgusting. It's so disturbing. It's, but it's like our ceilings are just mirrors, but it, Ted is there. It keeps, um, we keep trying to throw it away, but it keeps coming back. It's really weird because, like, when Blake and I are missionary, I'm just staring up at Ted Bundy's face, but, like, it's like his head is on backwards because I see Blake's ass. So it's, like, (laughs) Ted Bundy, Blake ass. I'd like to think that, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that just because Blake's, like, ginger, that, like, all of his skin is red. I know it's not. You think he's like a fucking Smurf, yeah. but like a red version? Yeah. You've seen his face and hands. He uses a lot of makeup. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. He puts on a lot of concealer it's every day. so long. Blake's been gone forever. I know. He is a red person. Um, <laughs> not in a racist way. Do you think he gets sunburned a lot in business? Of course. Okay. No, actually, he's nocturnal on business, so okay. he never sees the sun. So he's vitamin D deprived. Oh, wow. He His, <gasps> his teeth are falling out. His pickles for gums. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a weird homecoming. He has the gout. <laughs> if only I had had my teeth fall out, I think it would have been a better <laughs> Y'all match. You know what I mean? Y'all could have swapped teeth. He doesn't, you know, teeth aren't a, an issue. Absolutely not. For men. No. There's no scraping. Unless you're doing it really badly. Well, like, I thought... That would be really bad. Like, it's weird because, like, people say that all the time because they think, like, dentures just kind of, like, like, up to your gums. But, like, there are metal, like, fucking spikes that come out of your gums mm-hmm. when you have dentures. Not necessarily. The dent- dental implants, maybe. <laughs> Both of my grandparents have dentures and Why they have are we crazy about screw this? smiles. I'm so silly today. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, dear listeners. I can't fucking do, I can't do anything. I can't either. I have a headache. Okay. So he earned a BS in political science and administration at Washington State in 66. And he got his MA in 67. In 79, he received a master's of education degree from Seattle University And in 1992, he received his Ph.D. in criminal justice from the University of Washington. That's just a little background background 
there's all this bullshit about how he was like really good at jumping. I don't know what that has to do with profiling, but I... oh my god, that was his meth, <laughs> dude. <gasps> my son is gonna be an FBI be profiler. An <laughs> I should have kept it in. Um, all right, so. <clears throat> Well, I think you pretty much summarized it. Yeah. He was good at jumping. He was a good jumper. Um, anyway. See, look. He jumped seven feet. <laughs> that's so high. That's so fucking high. That's, that's like jumping over that thing. That's like jumping Oops. like as tall as your ceilings. Like his like his feet would be where your ceiling is. That's fucking crazy. That's tall. I also have low ceilings. I'm glad. <laughs> Like, Ben Kissel could not walk into this We're room. in a basement. <laughs> We're in Ted Bundy's basement. <laughs> That's why there's a picture of him on the ceiling. Oh. Um, no, so Keppel first encountered the Ted murderers. Or Ted murderers, sorry. <laughs> okay. Just a roving oh. band of Ted's. <laughs> Just wreaking havoc. Uh, one week after beginning his work as a homicide detective, talk about a crazy first week. Yeah, that's insane. Sink or swim, motherfucker, right? I hope that's, like, how my first week is. You just, you hope there's a serial killer? But, like, one that hasn't killed anyone, because I don't want people to die. <laughs> like a serial attempted murderer. <laughs> a serial almost killed someone once. <laughs> really, like... Like the serial butt stabber that was like in Pennsylvania or somewhere. Dude, just... every time we talk about that, I keep forgetting to tell you about this game that my friend Jana and I used to play Is in high school. Stabbing each other's butts. No. no, but you know, like between periods, it'd be really crowded in the hallways. Oh no! I thought you were talking about menstrual cycles for like you know, like between periods when you're not bleeding, <laughs> like in school, between classes, yeah. like after the bell rang. Yeah. It'd be, like, really super crowded. And we would just, like, walk down the hall and just randomly touch people's butts. Like, not in a sexual way. Just, like, poke them and just keep walking. So you're telling me you assaulted people. So we would sexually assault people. (laughs) It was hilarious. No one knew it was us. Did you? We wore a lot of black, so no one thought we would, like, be interested in, like, playing butt butt games with people. (laughs) Grab ass. But not grabbing. Just like this. Enough for them to feel it. But, like, and also wonder who the fuck did it. I bet they wondered for the rest. Of, did you ever do the same people twice? I don't remember. It's been a long time. At your high school. Okay, you were in high school, like. I graduated in 2002. Okay. So, we're, were there still kids? Were there kids in your high school that had rolling book bags who would also run through the halls? Like, you know, I don't know, probably. Running. I'm sure there were a few. I'm sure. We always had that problem with a couple kids who would just sprint in the hallways with their rolling book bags, and you'd always did hear you them coming. Did you just stick your foot out? I wanted to, but I never did. <laughs> Someone did that to me once. <laughs> and they did it so obviously that they thought that I saw it, but I did not. So I did the whole windmill arm thing and just slowly saw my life flashing before my eyes as I ate fucking, like, 
laminate floor. It did was they, so embarrassing. Did you know that? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. His name was Ben Holiday. <laughs> ben, you asshole. He, I don't even know where. He's probably dead. <laughs> say that I hope oh my not. god we google him after this it's like <laughs> that's my next episode um ben holiday i know we uh you we made a joke about uh, <laughs> ben um, i would be excited i'd be like that guy tripped me once <laughs> he's just brutally eviscerated <sighs> anyway so um, he investigated, okay, this is, uh, the Keppel guy. He investigated Bundy and his crimes extensively and continued a correspondence with him from the time of his initial imprisonment to his execution in 1989. Uh, at one point consulting him in order to form a profile at the, of the then at large Green River killer, hmm. Gary Ridgway. Uh, Keppel was able to get Bundy to confess to several unsolved murders in the weeks leading up to his execution. That's because Ted Bundy was a fucking narcissist piece of shit. Uh, Bundy was sent a paperback copy of Thomas Harris's Red Dragon, which you guys know that's like in the Silence of the Lambs thing series. Pretty sure. Right? I don't know. It's been a while since I watched that movie. Silence of the Lambs? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's really good. I love you know it. what's fucking weird and... Totally a mandala effect. <laughs> what? Um, Hannibal Lecter never says, hello, Clarice. Are you sure? Never says it. Hmm. In the movie, go back and rewatch the movie. He never says it. He just stands there and watches her walk up to his cell. Hmm. Don't you? Maybe ex- it's a different part. No, no, no. It's nowhere in the movie because this is the last time I watch it. I... I saw, I was watching a video on the Mandala effect and a couple of things were like, oh, that's iffy. You probably remembered it wrong, but it was that. And then, uh, where, uh, Sally Field remembers where that speech where she was like, you like me, you really like me. No, she, oh, well, she made this super famous Oscar speech where she won an Oscar Mm -hmm. and she said that, but she never said that. Hmm. And it was like. Hannibal Lecter not saying hello Clarice and then Sally Field not saying you liked me you really like me it's the Mandela effect though Nelson Mandela Mandela okay I'm I'm meaning to say that (laughs) I'm meaning to okay I just can't talk today all right we didn't talk about leather the the red dragon which depicts the relationship between a detective and an incarcerated serial killer when it was revealed that Harris was in attendance uh, that's the author of the book. He was in attendance for portion of Bundy's 1979 Miami Chi Omega murder trial and incorporated several elements of Bundy's case evidence into the plot of the novel, most notably the bite mark exhibits and related testimony. Harris also based the relationship between FBI trainee Clarice Starling and serial killer Hannibal Lecter in his 1988 novel, The Silence of the Lambs, upon interviews between Keppel and Bundy concerning the Green River Killer. Ooh. Fun fact, right? Yeah, that is pretty fun. Um, when forensic psychologist and criminal profiler Richard Walter, Keppel with, sorry, Keppel published an article that grouped serial killers into four distinct subtypes. This makes me think of, like, uh, sexual 
types. That's the first thing I thought of when I heard so these. What do you mean by sexual types? Okay, listen. These are okay. the four types. Power assertive. Oh, okay. <laughs> power reassurance. Anger retaliatory. And anger excitation or sadism. Which do you think you would fall under? Mine's anger retaliatory. <laughs> and like these are reasons why they kill? Um, I think it's just the type that they are. Um, yeah, maybe why. Yeah. Yeah, because you're asserting power. You're, I don't know, reasserting power. Probably power reassurance. Yeah. Okay. If I'm, I were I'm a killer, angry. it would be power reassurance. I'm just mad. Uh, just Walter and Keppel also noodle. created the Homicide Investigation Tracking System also known as HITS, which provides crime and offender characteristics for law enforcement. Way to go, Robert Kessel. He wrote a bunch of shit. Um, he retired as chief criminal Keppel. investigator. Yeah, I said Kessel. Oh. Keppel retired as chief criminal investigator for the Washington State Attorney General's office. He joined the faculty of Seattle University. As of 2004, Keppel was an associate professor of criminal justice at Sam Houston State University, Dude, I would fucking go there just for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd want to like, I'd want to pick his brain. Like Clarice Starling. Hello. Yeah. He's kind of. She's kind of based on him. I wanted her hair so badly. Mm. And if you can imagine, okay, if you can imagine, awkward. Fifth grade, Catherine. Okay. Is there ever a time in your life when it wasn't awkward? No. No. <laughs> I think so. Um, okay, so fifth grade Catherine. All right, fifth grade Catherine. Uh, wasn't wearing a bra yet or wearing deodorant because she did not want to grow up. Okay. Hmm. Um, it's like the opposite of most. <laughs> she actively played games such as horses and dragons. Oh, my and... God. You're that kid. <laughs> I'm that kid. Oh, also dingoes. I'm really glad that we met later in life. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure you would have beat me up. <laughs> and uh, if honestly, if I could go back in time and beat myself up, <laughs> I would have. Um, uh, I was wearing weird glasses and I have. There was one of you at my school. Yeah. There's one of me at every school. Um, also, I remember uh, her name, but I'm not going to say it because it's mean. Also, I have naturally curly hair, but back then I wanted stick straight hair, but my mom would buy me a straightener, so I would just rake a brush through my hair. Why so, didn't you just use an iron? Like for your clothes? Yeah. Well, I wasn't smart either, so um, so it's it also just very dangerous. Just so you know, I just rake a brush through my hair, which would make it so frizzy and so poofy. <laughs> and um, being that being the case, uh, my dad let me watch Silence of the Lamb the Lambs the first time in fifth oh, grade. Oh, nice. Um, you know, not like daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I think he honestly forgot that there was like so much gore because I think he was like, oh, it's just like, it's suspenseful. I remember him saying that because I, I'm such a pussy. Um, 
but then when Hannibal Lecter, this is I'm not going to say spoiler alert because <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, this movie's so fucking listening. old. Um, when Hannibal Lecter goes fucking crazy and starts like killing people in that uh, oh, like the yeah, glass the cube, <clears throat> yeah. Um, my dad was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <gasps> but I wanted her hair so bad, like that that '90s like Bob bang yeah. comb over thing like early 90s late 80s i want it because i wanted to be her so bad yeah, and Who like didn't though? like she was so cool she was and cool. like i i remember going to fantastic sam's shout out to that hair cutting place <laughs> don't go there is it still um, around yes um it's a hair cutting chain uh and i remember saying i want this and like i I showed a picture and they they were like, okay, and like did not do. They just lobbed my hair off at my earlobe. So not only I got called, I don't even want to bring up this trauma. I got I, this is this is us working through some shit with cat hour. I got called mushroom cap for two years. They called you dickhead. That's the fifth grade way of calling someone a dickhead. I got called mushroom cap for two <laughs> years because I kept thinking that this haircut was going to work. <laughs> and I kept it for two years. Get, okay. The first time someone calls you mushroom, what was it? Mushroom cap? Mushroom cap. <laughs> like a portobello. Shave your head. <laughs> I thought learn the, how to pull off a bandana. The first this also tell this is very telling about me. Um the first guy that ever called me mushroom cap, um you fell in love with him. He was my crush. <laughs> was like, it Peter? No. This was later. This was later. His <laughs> name was Daniel oh, and okay. um I was so in love with him and he lived right next door to me and seems we like would, a real nice guy we would play <laughs> all the time outside like we were friends like at home not at school no <laughs> no you were his shame friend <laughs> i was i was his at home friend uh, like because no other kids his age lived on our street oh so um, he didn't have to worry about being busted no with mushroom cap with <laughs> the horse girl <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm like legitimately sad for you right now. <laughs> it's a sad life I've lived. It's very sad. It's fucking rough. But like, it oh, made, it made you funny though. Yeah, I think you know. I think, I think it made me funny, but it also was a lot of funny stories. Anyway, this uh, for other kids to tell about the fucking dragon girl <laughs> that. <laughs> Was tripped into oh a pile God. of dog poop one time. I wish that <laughs> my friends from school were listening, like from junior high were listening, because they would know exactly who this person <laughs> is in our school. I want to say her name so bad, but I'm not going to. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was in love with him, and I came Ooh, to school girl. with my Clary Starling haircut. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the great value Clary Starling. <laughs> And uh, he looked at me, and he was like, oh, oh. And then he was like, mushroom cat, like, from down the hallway. So, and for real, in, in all honesty, he kind of started it. And I, like, I laughed it off because I thought Daniel, he was, like. what a dick. I thought he was, like, being funny and, like, being a little flirtatious. And, like, no. and I was like, <laughs> 
the office. Like, <laughs> like, like, like playing with all three inches of hair that I had left. <laughs> you were twirling your mushroom cap. It just broke off. I looked like <laughs> I looked like Toad from Mario games. Dude. Oh, oh, I looked like I was telling Mario that his princess is in another castle. <laughs> like oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, anyway. Um, enough so how to become cats. a profiler. No, wait, hold on. Oh. I want to talk, because I actually took the time to look up this guy's name. So, Keppel is the author of The Riverman, Ted Bundy and I Hunt for the Green River Killer, made into a made-for-TV movie in 2004, starring, excuse me, Bruce Greenwood as Keppel and Carrie Elwes. I looked up how to say his name, because I love this actor, but I I always want to say Yules, but that's not right. It's Elwes as Bundy. He's the guy from Princess Bride. He's the dread... uh, Oh! What's he does face? not look like Ted Bundy. No. Um, Maybe if he dyed his hair dark. Also, he does was have it like on, a very shapely. Was it on jawline. Lifetime or Hallmark? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm gonna say Lifetime or Oxygen. <clears throat> this is before. Wait, this is fucking 2004. Lifetime, maybe. Lifetime. Would Lifetime do a Ted Bundy movie? Have you ever watched a Lifetime movie? Yes. They're all kinds of fucked up. They are, but it's usually just, like, domestic violence, not, like, some crazy murder well, shit. they're not exactly, like, killing together. They're just hunting the Green River Killer. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. Lifetime would have picked that up. All right. Yeah. Anyway. My weird skull drawing start, turned into a cat. Okay, go ahead. All right. So... If you're interested in becoming a profiler, <clears throat> I, I have your how-to steps for you right here. There's a fucking lot. I bet okay. I could already be considered one. So step one is to <laughs> get an undergraduate degree. Done. Uh, you don't have to have a specific major, but... Perfect. Uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> but uh, a focus in sociology, psychology, and criminology help... Um, also take as many forensic science courses as you can. Shit. Um, step two is seek out internships. Nope. Uh, legal aid internships and public defenders office. They, those internships are accepted, but also the FBI offers internships with its, uh, behavior research and introductory unit. In their Do they October just experiment on you like lab rats? Probs, I don't know. Um, but uh, they only accept applications for that in October and November. That's their application accepting Shit. period. It's getting close to crunch time. Yeah, you need to get your resume I need to get together. On that. Um, three is you need to develop skills in a uh, position. Uh, Done. They're. <laughs> They're looking for... I'm really good at missionary. The, <laughs> I'm really good at that position where you don't have to move around a whole lot. <laughs> um, they're looking for uh, people in law enforcement or working at a prison or social work. Damn. That's what they're looking for. Previous experience in those fields. Um, About bartending. Dude, I could totally profile anyone sitting at the bar. Yeah. 
He wants to fuck me. <clears throat> no. He wants to fuck me. He wants to fuck him. He. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I just know what kind of drink they would get. <laughs> Whiskey sour. Vodka cranberry. That fucker's not going to tip me. He wants a mojito, <laughs> but he's going to say... Coors Light. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the fourth step is you need to gain a fellowship uh, speci- of the ring. Mm. Oh. <laughs> wow. This shit gets real specific. You're, you're going to fucking Mordor. It's so hard to get into this shit. <laughs> Um, but specifically with the International Criminal Investigation Analysis Fellowship. So to get a fellowship with them, you need to be sponsored by a full fellow of the ICIAF, which is just the, what's that called? The anagram? Like a pentagram? No. <laughs> <laughs> like just the shortened what they call. Anyway, I'm, I think I'm right. Uh, okay. Uh, you need to be a sworn officer of a national or state police agency. You have to have at least 10 years police work, have at least two years investigating violent crimes such as homicide. Um, you need to be a highly, uh, be a highly recognized officer and uh, have excellent interpersonal skills. Okay. How did Spencer Reed become one then? Because he's young as fuck. Well, there are exceptions to, um, because you can... If your IQ is 275, you get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you don't have to, um, a lot of these steps you can kind of circumvent with, like, waivers, and, like, you don't have to have, like, 10 years experience, like, I need for... so many waivers. So many waivers. <laughs> We're, we'll get them, though. Um, but, like... You can get waivers uh, for the 10 years of law enforcement experience if you've taken, like, classes and have, or have this what much job What if you've been experience. imprisoned for 10 years? Um, you're not allowed. <laughs> um, so but you'd be so good, though. Uh, then you need to complete academic research in a field related to criminal investigation. And a lot of these steps, like, you can do at the same time. Uh, so you can do it by, uh, doing a term paper on it or a senior project, but having an advanced degree in forensic science or behavioral science is a plus. Oh, really? Yeah. Having a degree in the field itself would be advantageous. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> plus. Um, so, uh, also you need to, uh, before you can become a profiler, profiler, you need to gain experience in the FBI. Uh, most profilers have at least are at least in the agency for seven to ten years. Holy fuck, man! Uh, yeah. Are all of these people old as balls? Pretty much. Jeez. Also, you need to be chosen by the NCH. NCAVC, which and is, the Hobbit. Yes, <laughs> um, but the NCAVC is. is- the uh the NCAVC is the uh the branch of the Federal Bureau of Investigation that is the profiling branch. Oh, yeah. That's how to become a profiler and Easy 25 peasy. steps or more. <laughs> Easy as pie. It only takes you 30 <laughs> years. All right, I have so much. So, um oh, okay. Look what happens when I print off of... There's no margins. Okay. Um, So here's Richard Walter. He's a psychologist. Ew, I hate his two names. Two first names. Can't be trusted. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> he's an American forensic psychologist for the Michigan prison prison system. Prison. Prison system, a crime scene analyst, and one of the creators of modern criminal profiling. Ooh. He developed a number of psychological classifications for violent crime and is a co-founder of the Vidoc. It's probably like Vidoc Society. It's named after this French guy. So what this society is, I looked it up because I'm like, what the fuck is that? Because I was like, what does V-I-D-O-C-Q stand for? But it's actually just someone's last name. Um, <clears throat> it's a members-only crime-solving club that meets on the third Thursday of every month in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So we're going. You have to be a member. There's we also- could get in. No, we cannot. I I could reintroduce you my Clarice to, Starling you haircut. You get voted in by like a committee and shit. Like it's some serious shit. We could get in. Let's do it. How about we're like gonna- I just <gasps> sit on your shoulders and we put on a giant trench coat? Yes. And I wear like a weird like inspector gadget. We just hat. call ourselves. They're like, um, uh, who are you? So we can check the list, and we'll be like, we're big profiler. <laughs> so they only do cold cases, and it has to be two years or older. Um, they this is why I thought this was cool because they solved their first case in 1991, clearing an innocent man of murder in Little Rock, Arkansas. <gasps> yeah, his name was. So Huey we need Cox. to do a whole episode <clears throat> on the the Vidic. The only thing that I don't like about them is that they... No women. Well, they won't do uh, a case if the victim is, like, has a criminal record, like, is... uh, What? Yeah. Like, if they are sex workers or they have, like, drug charges against them, they won't. They're like, "Mm, better off dead. They don't really matter. Like, fuck you guys. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to be in their club anymore. No, I know. That was like, eh. Um, as a psychologist for Michigan's prison system, he has interviewed more than 22,000 convicted felons. Jesus. That's all he does all day and night. He just talks to fucking bad guys. He worked with Keppel. Uh, do you think they kissed? (laughs) Yeah. Like a really tender. Yeah. Like super soft. Like first it was like a little peck and then it just got deeper. Oh my God. Dude, is it weird that I'm getting horny right now? (laughs) I don't even know what these guys look like, but it sounds so erotic. I'm just imagining the Dread Pirate, pirate Roberts. <laughs> okay. They definitely at least touch tips. <laughs> um, so he was the first to develop a matrix as a tool of investigation using pre-crime, crime, and post-crime behaviors to help develop suspects. <clears throat> Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to talk about Vidoc anymore because it makes me mad. Um, He gives lectures to police organizations throughout the United States, England, Scotland, Turkey, Australia, and Hong Kong. He's also been featured on programs for CBS, A&E, TLC, and Court TV. So these, there's a couple notable cases he worked on, excluding Ted Bundy. Um, In 1989, Walter provided the psychological profile for mass murderer John List. Do you remember? Do you know who that is? I had to look him up because I it sounded familiar. It sounds familiar. There are just so many. I know. Well, he's the guy who killed his wife, his mom, and his three kids, and then he just kind of left town. He went undiscovered for eighteen years almost. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like he changed his identity, got remarried, everything. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, Using Walter's profile, a forensic sculptor, his name was Frank Bender. 
was able to create a bust of List that was oh, accurately yeah. aged to reflect the changes in the unseen List's face over the years. This was featured in an episode of America's Most Wanted, and the sculptor was so the sculpture was so similar to List's current appearance that he was captured the next day. That's insane. That's it one of my favorite. Like he, he still wore the same glasses or some yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, that's the f- number one rule in disguising yourself. Change your glasses. Also, get contact. Put on a mustache. Of course. Do the glasses mustache combo with the nose. Yes. <laughs> Undetectable. <laughs> Super disguise. It's like it's like when OJ Simpson got captured, he had like a fake beard in his <laughs> in his like bag. But it was like in a the red white beard. Bron- yeah, it was like a red beard. <laughs> it was in the back of the Bronco. Ugh, and like, what's idiot. this? Were you were you were you playing <clears throat> over? Mm. What do you do? So in Lubbock, Texas in 1999. <gasps> I used to live there. You did? I lived in every city in so Texas. So you might have heard of this. City, city police solved the murder of Scott Dunn with Walter's aid. This is a rare case where a conviction was garnered in the absence of a body. So as I was reading that, I was like, who's Scott Dunn? Mm-hmm. Well, the, all the articles that came up is that they found his body in 2012. Oh, shit. Hey, Scott. Yeah. And it was really well preserved because the murderers wrapped it up in this kind of cloth and then they didn't bury him deep enough. And like for some reason, the combination just really like preserved his body. So they were able to identify him almost right away. Oh, that's that's awesome. Isn't I'm that glad cool? His, I'm glad his family got like yeah. quick closure. Well, not quick closure, but like. Well, people, yeah. the, the murderers were still convicted even though they didn't have the body. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that's kind of bull whenever like. They can find like twelve gallons of their of the victim's blood and like hair, skin, yeah. teeth, and nails. No body, no crime. Yeah, it's like that's, we don't have a body. We can't convict real. murder. Yeah, but that's not real. They do. Um, it's not real. It's not real. Well, obviously, they convicted these people without having a body. Yeah, true. Maybe they had like a precog who knew that one day they would find the body. But he was just like a dick and didn't tell him where it was. Yeah, he was like, I know where the body is and you don't. But these fuckers did it. You've got a mushroom cap. <laughs> it's just Daniel. <laughs> I'm just crying and I'm like, it's Clarissa. It's Cla- Clarice Starling. I said Clarissa because we were talking about Clarissa explains it all. Oh, Melissa Joan Hart. Oh. Um, let's see. Walter Charles Langer, uh, he died in 81, so he was born in 1899, so he was old as fuck. But anyway, he was a psychoanalyst from Cambridge, Massachusetts, who prepared a psychological analysis of Adolf Hitler in 1943 for the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, precursor to CIA, uh, that predicted his suicide as the most plausible outcome among several possibilities identified. So he guessed that Hitler was going to kill you himself. You think when, when it came over the, the, the short waves that Hitler had killed himself, he was like, I called it! <laughs> Everyone else was like, shut up, Walter. <laughs> well before the assassination attempt in the sem- summer of 44, Langer's report also identified the possibility of a military coup against Hitler. Which happened. Yeah. Um, and then there's... If uh, you don't know, <clears throat> open a book. 
go to the History Channel at any time of the day. Ancient Aliens, watch it. Also Hitler. Ancient Hitler. Ancient Alien Hitler. Hitler Aliens. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is the scariest scenario. Um, so there's Patrick Milani and Howard Teton, and they were um, FBI instructors at the FBI Academy, and they both uh, pioneered FBI's offender profiling as they designed a method for analyzing unknown offenders in unsolved cases. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have more? Let's, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so if you are... Um, you know, alive, and interested in becoming a profiler, you, of course, have to apply to the FBI. That's one of the steps. Okay. You gotta get in there. I wanna get in there. You gotta get right in there. Get in there. No. I don't know Are why you I started... carrying I, right now? I started talking like Nixon. <laughs> but Just you... do it! <laughs> Was he a spokesman for Nike? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Just break into the Democrats. <laughs> the DNC. Let me take a picture of your face when you do that so I can post it on Instagram. Delete 18 minutes. This is a very visual podcast. Okay. Oh, ahead. man, we wish you guys could see this. <laughs> It'd been way cooler if you guys were sitting with us. <laughs> you could have seen the pain in my eyes as I recounted childhood trauma. You know, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you want to get in there. Okay, you want to. I do. You want to be Clarice Starling. I do. Minus you have to try haircut. extra hard because if you're Clarice, yeah, because she's a she's woman. A woman, you have to be better than every man. Yep, you have to be. You have to be better than the best man, and you have to be way better than the worst man. You got to be better than every single man. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so that's step requirement one to get in. number one. <laughs> um, number two is be a U.S. citizen. Okay, I'm a U.S. citizen now. Be between 23 and 36 and a half mm, years old. Getting, getting close. I know. That's why we got to <laughs> get, get on it. Have a bachelor's You're degree. You're at the beginning of that. I'm at the end of it. Yeah. We're, our fucking <laughs> lifespan is, is, is in dire straits. Okay. Um, you have to have a bachelor's degree. Okay. Have at least three years full work experiences. So you have to have at least... In anything? In anything. You just have to Done. work full time for three years at some point in your life. Okay. Done. Um, have lived in the U.S. or territories for three of the last five years. Done. Not been convicted of any felony or have a domestic violence misdemeanor. Done. I mean, I have not done those. <laughs> like, check. Okay. <laughs> not have knowingly or willfully engaged in acts to overthrow the U.S. government by force. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I'm way too lazy for that shit. Not have failed to pay child court-ordered child support. Done. Not have defaulted on any federal loans, including student loans. Have none. Dude, I am, like, in, like, fucking whatever they say. Not failed to file any taxes. Done. Meet FBI drug use guidelines. Shit. 
which are... Oh, so close. <laughs> no weed within three years of date of application. Okay. No drugs within ten years of date of application. What kind of drugs are we talking here? Like, Like things that aren't prescribed. Oh, Okay, yeah. You're joining the FBI, kid. Oh I'm my so god, proud I'm of in, you. you guys. Oh my god. Wish me luck at the academy. I'm really going to. I really wanted to, but I'm no. I'm going yeah, I'm too to. Old. You're not 36. Not yet. You're not 37. Not I'm yet. I'm going to make you an application. You're gonna just draw me up one. Yes. Do it in your handwriting. <laughs> I'm. Oh my god. What if we did it for the podcast? See how far. You got That's in the idea. idea. <laughs> I'll do it. They're like, Miss Rice, you are by far the most outstanding <laughs> candidate. Number one in, in every field. Except the drug part. <laughs> <laughs> number number two in the law enforcement, but we can over we, all of your waivers are so um, astute. I just have like a bunch of like letters of recommendation from college professors who don't remember me. Yeah, they're like whatever. She, you we're know. tenured now. I guess I can say something good about this chick. <laughs> uh, but, they, but they're like, we would like to offer you a job straight in the profiling division. Done. I'd be in. And you're like, well, I uh, I hate to inform you, gentlemen, but um. <laughs> This was for my podcast. You're terrible profilers. <laughs> the worst. You read me all wrong. <laughs> you just like fire up a joint like on your way out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's all she wrote. That seems easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're the just basic. Don't do drugs and have a job and pay your taxes. Also go to college. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Not everyone can That's afford smart. to go to college. The only reason I went to college is because I got to go for free. And not because I'm super smart and got a scholarship. It's because my dad worked at the college I went to. Well, it's okay. It's actually a university, not a college. I'm, mm-hmm. Hold on there. I'm going <laughs> to go to school after I start working and making my own money. And I'm going to pay for my own way to go to school so that I can get promoted. Which... Are you done? Nope. All right. Okay. Um. All right. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see this. What? Like a? If there's like a really good one. Oh I yeah. You said you skimmed. No, I did. Look. Look at all this shit that's crossed out. I'm not a crook. <laughs> um. I'm sorry. My indigestion, man. It's hurting. Okay. So. John Douglas. Uh. He. Joined the FBI in 1970. Dude, why couldn't we have just been the pioneers of this shit? Then we wouldn't have to have all these fucking requirements. We'd just be like, this is how it's done. You think they sat in a room and they were like, we didn't do this shit, but we're going to make other people Fuck do it. yeah. That's how everyone does it. Anyway, um, his first assignment was in Detroit, Michigan. In the field, he served as a sniper on the local FBI SWAT team and later became a hostage negotiator. He transferred to the FBI's behavioral science Sciences Unit in 77, where he taught hostage negotiation and applied criminal psychology at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia, to new <coughs> FBI agents, field agents, and police officers from all over the United States. He created and managed the FBI's criminal profiling program and was later promoted to chief of the investigative support unit, a division of the FBI's 
National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime. That's the NCABC that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So, while traveling around the country providing instruction to police, Douglas began interviewing serial killers and other violent sex offenders at various prisons. Ew. This is why I wanted to you talk about You think he took him. so many baths? Oh, my God. You think he, like, just left the prison and, like, he brought wet wipes with him? Mm. And, like, as he walked out of the room, he just shed his clothing, burned it, and then wet wiped off? With acid. Yeah. Yeah. He was... He was just... not allowed to be exposed to direct sunlight after yeah. a while. He, like... <laughs> He was just a blob of flesh. <laughs> like, the serial killers started to become scared of him. Yeah, he looked like a, like some chewed up gum. <laughs> just, like, rolling around on the sidewalk. Well, listen to these people that he interviewed. David Berkowitz. Fuck. Well, he's a fucking... He's, like, the worst. We've talked about that. He's the most boring. Ugh. Plus, he looks like an oily baby, and Old no, baby. One agree- no one agrees with me. I agree like a, with you. Yeah. You're the only one. I, like, a woman got mad at me on a Facebook group and was like, I don't see that at all. And, like, why are you, A, why are you defending David fucking Berkowitz? Right. He's a shit. He killed people. And, like, they're <clears throat> like, he's reformed. He's found God. And I'm like, I don't mm. give a shit. He killed, like, nine people. Yeah. For just randomly. Okay. Anyway, uh, so David Berkowitz, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Charles Manson, Lynette Fromm. I don't know who that is. Do you? Doing an episode on her. Are you really? Nope. Maybe we should. Arthur Bremer. I don't know who that is. Uh, Sarah Jane Moore. No idea. Ed Kemper. Yikes. James Earl Ray. Saran Saran. That sounds like a... Sirhan Sirhan. Oh, see, I was going to say, that sounds like a 90s pop group. I know I know his name. I don't know exactly what he did. I know I, it was fucked up. Well, there's more. Dennis Raider, Richard Speck, Donald Harvey, and Joseph Paul Franklin. You ever think about BTK and think of what an idiot he is? Yeah. Like, a so lot. dumb. He could have so gotten away with it. Hey, can you... Can you track me from a floppy disk? <laughs> no, not at all. Please send it. <laughs> okay. Oh, so um, he was consulted in the controversial case known as the West Memphis Three. That was right around the corner here. I'm sure you all are in familiar West with Memphis, Arkansas, with the West Memphis Three, the three guys. Anyway, um, not really super close to West Memphis. I mean. It's west of Memphis, but it's not a suburb or anything. No. I drive through there, though, to get home from Ohio. Anyway, um, in 93, three eight-year-old boys were murdered, and police and prosecutors' offices claimed the children died as a result of a satanic ritual sacrifice. This was during the satanic panic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Three teens were later tried and convicted under the scenario of Satanism. Douglas was consulted by the defense in 2006-2007, by which time there was new evidence of the three's innocence, and his report concluded, <clears throat> excuse me, that the killings were not related to Satanism, but rather were unplanned homicides by a lone adult who knew the victims and felt rage against them. In 20, uh, sorry, 2011, the three men were released under the Alfred plea. So he's kind of the reason they... Which is, okay, if y'all don't know what the Alfred plea is, it's fucking bullshit. You're still convicted guilty... You're still guilty, but you're able to say, I'm not guilty. Yeah. That's what the Alfred plea is. So these three men now, these three men who were charged as kids just because they listened to Metallica, literally that's the only reason. 
Well, they wore black t-shirts, They Kat. Fuck me. They, but anyway. Guilty as sin. These kids spent 20 years in prison, one of them on death row. Yeah. And, and they were proven to not, they were proven to not have even been there or done anything. Was it proven? Yeah, pretty much. I feel like there was some, still some iffiness, but... These kids didn't kill these eight-year-old children. Yeah, I don't think they did either. And they still have fucking murder on their record. Did you ever see Devil's Knot? Yeah, I did. That was good. Did you ever Reese see... Reese Witherspoon. Um, did you ever see... Uh, um, what's the, It's an HBO documentary. No, probably that, not. The fucking opening scene is them fishing these fucking kids out of the creek. Ooh. Okay, maybe it, I have, because that sounds no, familiar. No, so fucking... no warning. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> he's the model for a lot of fictional characters. Jack Crawford, a major character in the Thomas Harris novels Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs. So that guy was based on several people, apparently. Uh, he was played by Dennis Farina in the film Manhunter, by Scott Glenn in the film The Silence of the Lambs, and by Harvey Keitel. <laughs> that threw me for a loop. In the 2002 Red Dragon, and by Lawrence Fishburne in the 2013 NBC series Hannibal. I don't know how I missed that one. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm... Is oh. Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so this is the guy. I just wanted to mention this guy really quick because he he coined the term serial killer. His name is Roger, or sorry, Robert Ressler. Um, he's an FBI agent and author. He played a significant role in the psychological profiling of violent offenders in the seventies. Um, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's probably more, but those are the most notable ones I could find. Oh, I also wanted to mention that um, at the bottom list of how to become a profiler, there was a step that was apply to any other law enforcement job you can because they, like, never hire profilers. Like, never, ever. And you can also be a profiler for the ATF, but the ATF currently only has two profilers and has not hired profilers in, like, decades. Hmm. So, um, we're going to get you in there. You guys... Trust us, we'll get you in. We have connections. Don't I, do drugs. I know Mr. B.I., <laughs> Mr. F.B.I. I just really like the show Criminal Minds. It's a good show. I'm rewatching it for like the third time. I watched a couple episodes and then it got like super hyped up and I was like, I've been watching it while going to bed at night, and then I had a nightmare that my brother kidnapped my niece. Carl? Yeah. (laughs) He would be the one to do it. It was really, it was a really terrifying dream. It was one of those that, like, it stuck with you all day. Oh, yeah. That's how my dream... I couldn't talk to Carl all day. That's how my dream from last night was. About me and Blake? Yeah, I had a dream that uh, you came to me. And we're like, me and Blake are going to open a brothel <laughs> in our home. And I was like, 
Ooh. <laughs> like, I would ever be okay with that. Not a good idea. And But I'm, while he's away on business, so I'm just a mad at him now. It's currently your brothel right now. That's what that is. You think it's a, a workout thing, but it's actually some weird kinky sex thing. Yeah. You have a dominatrix right outside the door that, waiting to get back to her workstation. That bar right there? Mm-hmm. Actually an anal plug. <gasps> a six-foot anal plug. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but, and then later, I the part of the dream was me eating chili cheese tater tots, um, <laughs> which I also thought about all day. Integral part of the dream. Honestly, the foundation. I'm thinking about putting people on there like beads on a fucking necklace now. Is that weird? No. <laughs> Because I can see it. Um, But anyway, and then you came back to my house and you were very angry. Not even sad. You were like, Blake and I are getting a divorce because he keeps fucking all the hookers. And I was like, well, did you walk into that one, though? (laughs) It was like, as I'm stringing people on the fucking bar. Just in my dream, she said the word hookers. We know that it's sex workers. We don't say that. It's sex workers. I rarely say sex workers because they don't come up in conversation a lot. Yeah, I don't really talk about sex work. You'd think that it would in our line of business. Yeah. In our thing that we do one time a week. In our our <laughs> business forest. <laughs> All right, what's your recommendation? My recommendation this week is cardio. Oh. Just do some. It's good for you. I did some yesterday. I did some today. I should have. I just ran today. today. Like that was my workout. I just Same ran yesterday. Um, but cardio. Go ride your bike. Go for a brisk walk. Uh, go for a light jog. Go for a run. Get your heart pumping because you may have to run in your life, and you don't want that to be the first time that you've run in a while. Are you talking about the academy? <gasps> You guys, Chat um, has some big news. Oh, well, um, so I went to, they keep dick teasing us. Like, they keep saying, come in for this for your XYZ. And then it's just like the, like, the briefing for the XYZ, which I guess I should come to, um, come to uh, expect. Um, but I, we got... I spit it um, out, cat. <laughs> um, I went in for my polygraph briefing. They they send you home a big background booklet, a big polygraph booklet where you gotta fill out everything about your life. Um, and so I was doing that, and then after that, we got our rankings, and I am ranked number thirty-two in a pool of almost five hundred applicants. What? So that means I'm top 40, which they they have an academy in November, which I might be able to go to, knock on wood. It would be great because I would not want to go in February because it's so cold. It's so cold in February. Yay! But I'm so excited. Everyone, I'm... send your congratulatory shit to uh, at gmail.com. Send, um, oh, I got called uh, a fascist pig already. So um, that was cool. I'm Don't really, do that. I really, the reason, the whole reason I ever wanted to be a police officer, well, 
I wanted to be a police officer since I was a wee tiny mushroom head. And <laughs> I just wanted, I've always wanted to, to really just be the good guy. Like, I think at its core, it's one of the last honest jobs. Just like <laughs> firefighters. Like, firefighters, like, all they do is good. Like, all, mm. well, besides the, the ones that are fire, the artists. <laughs> but, like, a we've fire, talked about that. Oh, yeah. A, fire, a firefighter is, like, America's superhero. Like, their job is to go, like, save people's lives and put out fires. I know there's a lot of controversy with police right now, but, like, I really, like... I think I, you'd be one of the good ones. I, I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I consider myself an ally to the... POC struggle in our country right now. I really just want to be a good cop. That's all I want. I want to keep the streets safe. Don't let Denzel get to you. Or the rock. Or the rock. <laughs> when, <laughs> aim for the bushes. <laughs> no, I was talking about um, Training Day. I've never seen that. Oh, I need to, well then that reference to, is completely lost We on need you. to watch like a bunch of cop movies. Like it's been a while since I watched Super Troopers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we need to just marathon cop movies. So I, <gasps> Naked Gun. <gasps> That's oh, a cop movie. Oh my god. Um, Be Leslie Nielsen. Oh my god, I will. Please. <laughs> okay, anyway, my recommendation this week is The Good Place with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It's new on Netflix it's a little bit cheesy, but it's really good, and I I just love it. I'm in the mood for a cheesy movie. It's, it's a it's a show, but it's good. I'm in the I you know you get into these moods where you just want fucking cheesy yeah. ass. Mm-hmm. It's brain candy. It's fun. But anyway, um, thank you for listening. Uh, my Twitter is at Amelie underscore ten ten. My Twitter is at I have adipose. Our, our, <laughs> our podcast Twitter is at doing underscore crime. Uh, you can email us any cases that you want to hear us talk about or any, make them obscure. Yeah. We like weird ones that no one talks about. Um, you can uh, also send us any palate cleanser talk, pop talk, topics <laughs> that you want to hear us talk about um, at doing crime podcast at gmail.com. Leave us your five-star reviews on iTunes. Please, for the love of God, write us a five-star review. It's the only, only, only way that you can help our podcast out right now. And whoever Dusenberry 22 is... Yeah, please email email us us so we can shout you out. We want to give a shout-out to everyone that leaves leaves us a five-star review. If you leave a, leave us a five-star review and you have a podcast, leave it in the review and we'll shout your podcast out. Your Instagram, your Twitter, your Snapchat, your mom's Facebook group that she also uses as a book club. But it used to be a knitting circle. We'll shout it out. Just help us. Okay, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Tip your bartender, bye. Thanks for doing time with Doing Crime.